0: Welcome to the series finale of The Home Stretch, the property podcast with Ian McKenzie, CEO of The Guild, um, and me, Holly Hibbert. So, we're here to do a roundup of series one. Uh, we want to reflect on a few of the top episodes. Obviously Christmas coming up, it's a great period between Christmas and New Year to really expand your knowledge and go back to some of the episodes and just see what you can learn and come back energised for the New Year. So can you believe Ian, we've been doing this for six months now? It's
1: crazy actually, it's crazy. I can't actually believe that uh, it's nearly 2023, it just feels like we're going into 2022. But you're right, I'm sure you've got nothing better to do over Christmas than other than self-learning and... uh, and reflecting on work and all that sort of stuff so it is a great time whilst walking the dog or going for walks etc to
0: absolutely listen to our
1: dulcet tones
0: yeah maybe you need a bit of escapism we are here to provide that <laughs> for you and um, so I just want to throw out some quick stats that we got some from um, Spotify for the podcast so we launched the podcast on 15th of June around six months ago in that time we've released over 30 episodes across four platforms, which have been listened to literally thousands of times, which I'm blown away by. So thank you, everyone. Uh, We created eight hours of content. That's me and you sat in rooms, recording our voices for eight hours. um, And that actually puts us in the top 18% of creators in our category um, in terms of creating content, which is incredible. Um, and we're also and this is what i found most interesting top 15 percent of podcasts in the entire world for the most shared so that means that our listeners are taking our podcasts and they're sharing it across socials and and across whatsapp as well so thank you everyone that is
1: i didn't actually know that that is incredible and actually i did did know that agents were sharing it because some of them have got it as part of their marketing strategy
0: exactly yeah and we know that it's agents as well because it's coming from whatsapp which isn't a way that we share from head office so thank you so much for that um and the last little stat which i thought was amazing we are top 15 most followed podcasts as well wow so in the first six months of launching since launching we have done something quite amazing so well, i'm proud of us uh
1: and you should be proud of yourself holly actually so i'd just like to publicly say thank you to holly for all of the effort and the hard work that she does uh delivers and does for this quite f- phenomenal remarkable you. you have done a really really good job
0: and talking of good job, people that have come in and offered their time so generously. Yeah. I just want to list some of the really impressive guests. Or oh, you, Kenny, and I've got them here in front of us. Right. So
1: we've had Peter Rowlings, CEO of Foxton's. He was the acting CEO at the time on uh, yes. an interim, wasn't he? The uh, ever-vescent Simon Whale. Anthony Codling has been back a few times with us, our yes. financial expert. Love speaking to Anthony. So learned with his, uh, with his delivery. Sally Lawson delivered a superb piece on lettings, which is uh, as per usual with Sally. We had Damon Bullymore, the data king from Brief Your Market. Sarah Edmondson, that was a fantastic presentation, wasn't it? Really we'll probably talk, touch on that yeah. in a bit. Uh, Christian Byfield, the Viking himself, talked about kindness isn't always weakness. Uh, we've got James Monroe. That was actually the first one, wasn't it? I think James.
0: Yeah, right at the beginning, we had James Monroe, National Trading Standards. Yeah, and, and Paul Offley. Yes, Paul as well. Can't forget Pauls. So that was a really interesting episode, really topical as well. It was about when um, disclosure of in- disclosure of information. Came yeah, in, really,
1: really interesting. And then actually the direction of travel and where it's heading, which is also uh, invaluable. And we'll probably get James back from time to time, won't we? To Absolutely. Keep abreast of that. Adam Day, who's CEO of EXP in the UK. Yeah. Uh, really, uh, I know Adam personally. Great guy. Great business. Same with Simon Brown and all about customer care from the Estas. And um, Ben Marley was with him at the, at the same time, wasn't yeah. he? That was awesome. We've had Russell Quirk, which is uh, always a person that splits uh, splits opinion. I personally think that uh, he's fabulous.
0: I think he was brilliant. And seeing him on LinkedIn as well now off the back of that, now I know his personality a little bit better. Yeah, He's it's, it's really good to get to know.
1: He does have opinions, but he backs them up with, with his version of the truth. So yeah. I, I like that. Uh, Yvonne Martin. From Agents Giving. I love Yvonne as a person. She does a fantastic job of charity. Agents Giving is the charity that we back in the Guild. Uh, So Yvonne did an amazing job. Gary Barker, who at the time was in the UK, but then was due to go out to uh, South Africa. Yeah,
0: we had the exclusive. We released that he was um, moving over to South Africa to work with, is it Better Home? That's correct, yeah. yeah.
1: And I saw him this week and he was going off to the Kruger National Park for a holiday with his kids. Lovely. So that's good. Uh, and Tony Morris, Tony, the uh, brilliant international trainer. Um, Tony and I, th- that particular podcast for me, we really struck a chord, uh, an accord with each yeah. other. I felt, and I've got conversations with Tony uh, in uh, twenty-four hours time or so.
0: Perfect. Well, good. hopefully, we'll hear more from him then. Yeah. That's yeah, really impressive list. Um, and as I said earlier, I do want to look back at some of our top episodes. So let's get straight into it. In no particular order, I have got some episodes which have caused either a bit of a stir in the press or our members have said they're particularly educational or insightful. So first up, I'm going to play an excerpt from your interview, Ian, with Peter Rowlings, who, as you said earlier, was non-exec director and stand-in CEO at Foxton's at the time. Um, So this episode actually made a couple of headlines in... um, the industry press one thing that they picked up on which i thought was really interesting was peter's comment that foxton's had become um and this is a quote "flabby corporates," which the <laughs> industry press loved and they picked up on that but that's not what i want to look at today Um, i think we should look back on peter discussing fees
1: yeah just before you do peter is um industry legend is a term often used but i have to say uh, everybody that I speak to just holds him in the highest of regards super guy and super impressive
0: definitely it's it's no surprise that this is one of our more popular episodes because yeah. people just trust him and want to want to learn from yeah. him so let's have a listen
1: so I'm a believer of um, cost is an issue in the absence of value clearly at 2.38 percent you clearly right. articulate a lot of value what's the ethos and the, and the mechanism of the
2: delivery that sits behind that It's hard to do, it's really hard to do. We turned down quite a a lot of stock. Um, You know, in a a good market, it's it's pretty difficult. In a a tougher market, we really earn our our stripes and we grow. So, you know, arguably coming into what is definitely gonna be a tougher market in the next next few months, year, whatever, um, we will grow. But, you know, in terms of stock, we're the biggest agent in London. Now, what we don't have, we don't sell much, Three, four, five, six million pound houses. We do negotiate at that level. We do. Um, but at the standard stock, sort of, well, our average sale price is £580,000, which in London is low. But £580,000 at two and a half or 3% is the same as most other agents selling one and a half million pound houses at
1: 1%. If you haven't listened to that particular podcast, I would urge you please go back and listen to it because there are so many pieces. Of uh, liquid gold that 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 came from Peter's lips, Absolutely. um one of the uh, legacy moments I had um legacy memories that I have of that meeting is when I spoke to him, I said, and and your your average fee, Peter, is two point three eight percent uh, sorry, two point three one percent. um and he said, no, 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 Ian. Uh, as I said, it's two point three eight percent. So even in conversation, he was vehemently defending the average fee. And he talked about the culture of the organization, how it was all about the fee, how it was very difficult, how they had to um, walk away from an awful lot of business. But he made a one, one overriding statement, which is people find a way to win. And from my experience at Countrywide, when we had high fees, he was absolutely right. People find, even if you are, no, we're not going to do it for less than, in their instance, 2.5%, um, people find a way to win. They, they, and it's all about, Uh, giving value, pitching the value to the consumer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, Peter was so protective over that figure. It's no surprise, really, that they do continue to secure those fees because that's what they're aiming for. They're not aiming for any less.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Super, super impressive.
0: And so next up, I have got a clip from a man that I'm going to unofficially call our resident housing market expert, <laughs> Anthony Codling. Um, so this is an extract from our second episode together, and he's been very generous with his time. He's offered us market and economy updates throughout the year. So we're very grateful. Um, but this one was recorded shortly after Liz Trust was elected. Um, we had some great timing there with that episode. <laughs> so as you can imagine, there was a lot for you both to discuss.
1: It would be quite interesting to listen back to the previous, uh, previous one to see what we had uh, predicted because, because I'm not sure we would have predicted some of the things we've seen in the last few days. What are your thoughts, Anthony?
2: Yeah, I, I, I'd stick my hand up. I wouldn't have seen pretty much any of the mini budget coming. It sort of seems
1: um, two, th- two thoughts come to my mind. Number one is a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. And I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, God, it sounds absolutely petrifying. Um, and the the second point is is that is this the action of a prime minister that's just got into power and wants to win the next general election, and is and is just doing things for a two year optimum performance, but for me, based upon what you've said, it sounds like a very very risky strategy.
2: That's that's my view. Right? It's 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 quite a big gamble, and the the gamble is that the the growth will outpace inflation essentially. So they're hoping to stimulate the economy okay. so much so that they talk about the supply side. So demand side is we go in shops, we want to buy stuff. The supply side is what is there to buy, essentially. And so they're hoping to stimulate the supply side. So that is, oh, we'll keep tax rates low, that will encourage people to invest because the returns are higher. If people invest, productivity should go up. We should be able to produce more things or get more businesses starting. Um, And then because there's more things to buy, again, those prices, uh, there's less pressure on the prices because people have more choice. There's more to buy. So as we call supply side productivity going up. And yeah, the the government's hoping that the increases on the supply side outweigh um, the The pressure on on the demand side, um, you know, Reaganomics when we had a similar situation back in the eighties kind of followed the similar path, and it didn't work. You know, I'm not saying it won't work this time, but you know, the one big example we've got, it it didn't it didn't work.
0: So we all know what happened after
1: that, (laughs) and the rest, yeah, the rest is history. In in again in that podcast, I remember actually having a say, uh, having a conversation uh, about it seems that the government policy is diametrically opposed to the Bank of England's policy. Um,
0: yeah, well, one of the quotes from you after that was that they're not working together, that they're, yeah. they're working against each other and it doesn't make sense.
1: No, well... But we, Ant-
0: Anthony as well agreed with that and said, like we've heard in that clip, that it's happened before and, and history shows us that it doesn't work. I,
1: I, now, have a, I now have a very strange opinion about trustonomics, Um, and it is from, from a <laughs> person in estate agency I thank her I thank her for what she's delivered because let's be brutally honest about where we were inflation was running high there was a war in Ukraine there was a supply chain issue the housing market was heading south what Liz Trust did was to speed it up so she made it she actually made it easier for estate agents to go and talk to their customers about the fact that property values are dropping and to get and to realign the pricing have a new marketing strategy and actually what's been proven to happen since then if you look at the data is that um, whilst activity is down it's not down as much as it could have been we have seen an increase in fall throughs um, but that is also relative to the size of the pipelines that people had at the same time so it's just sped up the, the cycle of change and I think it's going to make a better market in 2023 as a consequence
0: yeah just off the back of that actually like I said earlier Anthony has done a lot of episodes with us and he actually he spoke a little bit about one of your favourite graphs, Ian. So let's just listen to him talk about that. Huh.
1: At the conference, you showed some magnificent slides. And, and of course, on the podcast, we can't show those slides now. But there were two that really stood out um, to me in particular. One was that since 1931, there's been 16 years of house price decline. Could, that's right, isn't it? That yeah, 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 yeah
2: absolutely. In every other year, house prices have gone up. Wow.
1: I mean, that's just remarkable in itself. And the other one that really stood out to me, and I know that Guild members actually use this as, as part of their presentation pitch. Why? Because I've suggested that they do. <laughs> it's, the graph that, it's the graph with lots of dots on it. And again, it's not very good from a, for a podcast to talk about it. But it's the graph with lots of dots on it that talk about transactional volume versus inflation rates. Can you just talk us through that one in terms of the correlation?
2: Yeah. So sure, as, a, as, a, as a numbers geek, Geek, it just looks like um, a square with dots all over the place. And you look at that and you think, well, there's no, there's no discernible pattern there. It just looks like random dots. And, and that's the point that there's, that there's no correlation uh, between um, underlying bank rate, as we call it. So the, the Bank of England bank rates and the number of mortgage approvals, which is the, the, the huge lead indicator for housing transactions.
1: Yeah. yeah, so so actually, in essence, what that graph shows is that when interest rates were at fifteen point four percent in the late eighties and early nineties, there were more transactions per month um, from a mortgage perspective than they were than there were when the base rate was at zero point zero one or no sorry zero point one percent, and actually the optimum level, the most amount of trans mortgage transactions in a month, uh, was from memory hundred and ten thousand or something like that and the the base rate was at 7.8 so here we are and the base rate's at 3.5 and we think the world's changed um and yes of course it's changed from the unprecedented low rates that we had whilst we were coming out of uh, a financial crisis but actually it's just a new norm and uh the cycle will change with agents moving forward with with buyers moving forward
0: yeah absolutely so it's it's good to go back and listen to those episodes still while they might seem like They're only relevant at the time. They're absolutely not because, like you always say, knowledge is power, and knowing what's happened over the course of the last six months is so valuable. Absolutely. Um. So I want to cast our minds back now to Sally Lawson's episode. Um. So I know many of our listeners will remember because she's so influential in the letting space.
1: Brilliant, brilliant podcast. This one.
0: Yeah, and we saw her at the Estes Awards where she um did pick up an award with Agent Rainmaker um, and it's actually quite easy to get a little bit starstruck by her because she is so good at what she does and she speaks so passionately. Um, So I just wanted to go back to the episode where she spoke about her mission to increase profitability within the sector i'm sure you know the Primsol report at the moment is reporting that the top 1000 agents in the uk are making an average profit of 11.9 percent i don't know about you but that feels pretty poor to me and it's it's not great when you look at we're 97th on the list of industries for profitability 97th whereas you go to america our industry is in the top five so what is it we're doing wrong you know so we've got a long long way to go Um, to get back to where we need to be. And so one of my missions since 2018, as you may have heard of it, it's called Operation 50%, and that's to get letting agents at 50% profitability again, which is where we used to be in the 1990s, when everything was much simpler. Um, And that's been our mission to get agents back there. Long way to go, but hey-ho, if we can do it, then why not try it?
1: It it always scares me when I hear that statistic, that we're 97th in, in terms of profitability within the letting sector. It's crazy. And I've, I know that I've spoken to Sally in the past and she's talked about the amount of legis- legislation and changes that have come into the sector. I forget how many it is over the period, but agents have just done them free of charge, included within their um, their let-only or fully managed fee, never charge the landlord for it and just inc- increase their workf- workflow. You wouldn't get any other industry that would do that.
0: No, she does speak in that episode about how letting agents sometimes forget that time is their commodity and every minute that you're spent doing something for someone is chargeable and that's one of the ways that she implies that we can increase profitability in the sector so definitely worth listening back to if you are in the letting space or just to educate yourself a little bit on that um, so the next one uh, was interesting for me because I'd never spoken to Simon Well before the podcast. So his reputation did precede him in a way, but I really enjoyed listening to him. Again, he's one of those really passionate and knowledgeable people, knows a lot about PropTech, um, and he spoke to you about gamification in agency. And
1: he is going to love the fact that you've picked him out as one of your favourites.
0: Absolutely. I know that <laughs> will sit very well with his Make sure personality. I'll send,
1: him, I'll send him a text.
0: <laughs>
3: Okay, so there's a classic example, isn't it? There, you couldn't be in every office by definition, could you? No. Looking after all of those, all of those ones there. So, what you have to rely on there is the MI giving you some of the key KPIs and indeed indicators, can't you? That you know, if something's up and then you drill into in more detail. So, it's the old classic uh, maxim, isn't it? If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And I just went out and I thought, okay, we know the CRMs do a, you know, do a do a job here in terms of doing it. But I, yet again, I haven't been into an agency business where they aren't still using a lot of, uh, you know, doing a lot of their their business management on Excel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know what day that's going to be when, when that doesn't happen. But there are a number of different providers now trying to do more, specializing around. The, this MI area so I thought okay well let's go out to the agents and influ- influencers you like yourselves and get their their opinions.
1: But It was a really fascinating subject because if I'm honest um, he talked about the gamification and um, targeting KPIs but making it fun effectively and it, uh, it didn't really cross my mind that agents didn't do that because yeah. it's always been part of my career that, that there's a um, reward structure around performance and it is Uh, he talked about you can't measure what you uh, you, uh, what you can't measure you can't manage what i've always said is inspect what you expect um but for me the inspection created the behavior in the team and then you reward them for the for the the performance so i was yeah i mean obviously agents have different ways of running things but it's interesting that the survey that simon delivered at that time
0: yeah and if you do want to hear everything else that simon had to say about that white paper and see the results of that i would recommend listening to the podcast and then going onto to the kerfuffle website and having a look Um. so finally um talking of esther's winners just like sally uh, this last snippet i've chosen is for the winner of the lifetime achievement award for 2022 and that is sarah edmondson Um. so sarah is quite clearly an incredible woman, Ian, I know you're quite fond of her professionally and personally, Um, and it's not hard to see why she's very likable, she's an innovator and a leader in the sector, and so Sarah is CEO of Agents Together, and she has a real passion for looking after mental health in the workplace, Mm. so let's have a listen to her.
4: How can we ensure that employers, doesn't matter how big your business is, have got the tools and right at their fingertips, to ensure that their employees are looked after in terms of well-being, I have a personal mission to, you know, those health and safety posters that are in every single estate agency branch, yes. just above the sink, like in the kitchen, yes. yeah, um, and nobody reads them. And let's face it, like when was the last time, truthfully, that you got injured in an estate agency office? We're pretty low risk in the estate, you know. All the staple bit me kind of stuff is uh, is kind of you know the risk. Um, I have a mission where I think there should be a mental health poster on every single kitchen and there should be a mental health first aider written on there in every single business. Because I think that we are more likely to see that as uh, as something that occurs, especially the way that consumers can sometimes shout at us and things like that. Um, So I think it's vitally important and we're on a mission. So we've produced one and we're going to. Give them out awesome. for
1: free. It is said that hey, that moving home is the top four most stressful things to do in your life. So, therefore, by definition, that has to be ported onto the people that are, that are in the sector, doesn't it?
0: So, yeah, I just wanted to finish the series on that note because while we've got some incredible people, those amazing guests, it's easy to forget that our mental health
1: and our wellbeing is the most important. Yeah. One. And, and, uh, she's so intuitive, isn't she? And really, and really caring. And I, and I, I love you for that, Sarah. And she's absolutely right. It's, um, uh, it's the festive season. Uh, we're going into a new year, 2023. Yeah. It, the, it's going to be tough. You know, there's going to be challenges. It's not going to be easy for lots of people. And so your mental health is so, so very important. So, uh, everybody needs to have a good break, a good rest, and uh, come back fighting in the new year
0: absolutely and on that note we will be back in the new year we'll be back for 2023 for series two we've got some amazing guests lined up great I think everyone's going to be very excited to hear what they've got to say Um, and thank you lastly to you Ian
1: it's been my pleasure working with you and thank you once again
0: brilliant we'll see you next year guys thanks
1: for listening